Welcome to How the West is Number One. My name is Jules Brooke, and this podcast has been proudly sponsored by the Maribyrnong City Council and is all about the extraordinary business owners we have in this area. Fab Camerano, I am so excited to be interviewing you for How the West is Number One. Thanks, Jules. Great to be here. It's great to have you here. So let's start off by telling everybody what it is that you actually do and what what the name of your company is. Yeah, so I'm one of the partners at Collins & Co. And Collins & Co. is an accounting firm that's been in Footscray since 1954. Stop it. Yes. That is so long. Hang on, what's that? Like 80, what is it? Nearly 70 years. 70 years. So in in, in about 18 months' time, we'll be celebrating our 70th year anniversary. Woohoo, big party. Uh, So I'm not quite that old (laughs) yet. But, um, but, you know, I've probably been here for the last, uh, oh, 20 Something years, nearly 30 years. Have you always been in this building Um, as well, pretty much? When the firm started, we were basically a little little townhouse or a little little house, actually, um, um, that was here started by- uh, On Paisley Street. So for anyone who's listening, you're pretty much on the corner of Paisley Street and Victoria Street. 127 Paisley Street. There was a little house here many, many years ago. And the founder, Mr. Collins, I call him Mr. Collins because that's the respect we showed him. (laughs) Um, Mr. Collins started this business um, by himself on a little little house here, um, and then sometime in the nineties he moved around the corner. Right, built this two story building, and we moved back. So we've been here basically for almost seventy years on the same spot. And it's quite That's extraordinary. Tour. So there is, if only these walls could talk. Um, yeah, so I've been here pretty much since. They built this two-story building here, a uh, two-story office building, which, is, which has been great. That's which been was a, what year did you start uh, I here? I started back in the 90s, yeah. in 1995. when um, 1995, yeah, when so nearly thing. 30 yep. years here yep. for you. Yep. Yep. Blimey. It's, it's getting closer. <laughs> That's an indication of somebody who's enjoying their job, I reckon. Well, yeah, <laughs> yeah I think so. Yeah, I like and you're, think so. you're one of the part owners here now as well. Yes, yeah, so um, um, I've, I became a partner. I started here as a graduate, actually. Um, Great! I'm going to hear that yeah. story in a minute. I'm going to get it all out of you. <laughs> and, and and now I'm a part owner, which is uh, amazing. Yeah, I still feel like a graduate, but um, but anyway, congratulations. <laughs> um, okay, so let's go back to. I want to hear a little bit about you growing up. Um, I did ask you earlier, and you said you grew up around here. So where did you grow up? What size of family was it? What did your mum and dad do? Um, so mum was a hairdresser, um, and 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 funny enough. She had a hairdressing salon here in Footscray as well, just the next street down. Did um, they meet um, in Footscray? They, yeah, yeah, basically they did meet in Footscray. Um, so in- interestingly, when when Mr. Collins started the firm back in 1954, it's roughly when the, my grandparents came out to Australia from Italy and landed in Footscray right. with my mum. My mum was only four years at the, four years old at the time. Um, right. And, you know, so we've always been in Footscray. And so I grew up in Footscray. Mum had a salon in Footscray. She worked in Footscray. So did she meet you when she met? So your mum had a salon. What did your dad do? Uh, my dad was a, um, uh, a, a an electrician back in Italy. Yeah. And he came out here and then was working um, for a company called Ericsson's. Um, and um, so basically- they Isn't met- that a massive company? Yep. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Sorry, um, I didn't want to show yeah. my ignorance. <laughs> no, <but. laughs> no, it's- um, you know, they, they, if you recall, they did a lot of telecommunication phones yeah. and so forth. Um, I don't even have to do phones anymore. I think they got bought I out. I know. I wonder whether um, phones even <laughs> exist, real telephone but, um, companies. 
Yeah, but back in the nineties, I had I had one of the first mobile phones from my dad, who got it from work, which was great. Um, but was anyway. it, did you carry it around in a suitcase? <laughs> It was quite big, but it had an antenna. It was quite anyway, but uh, I thought it was pretty cool. Yeah, they were. Um, yeah. The um, whole concept of being able to move around and make a phone call at the same time was just so yeah, full on then. Yeah. Okay, so um, so and brothers and sisters? Um, so we come from a family of uh, four. So there's I've got two sisters and a, and a brother. And, um, you know, they all do varied things. Um, yeah, so it's – and we all grew up in the area. So born, in, born just up the road in Gordon Street. Um, <laughs> wow, um, really local. Yeah, funny enough, the only like, so I was born in Footscray, grew up in Footscray, now worked all my life in Footscray, um, and my first job was actually in Footscray, being at my mum's hairdressing salon, rinsing perms and sweeping. Well, I hair. was just about to say. So, <laughs> so, so um, let's talk a little bit about school. Where did you go to school, and did you were you good at school? Did you like school? Um, so I went to school at. Um, St. Paul's College, which I think is Emmanuel College now, which is in Altona North. Oh, the one that's on Blackshaw's Road. Yeah, that's the okay. one. Okay. <laughs> yes. Um, and um, Was it a big school in those yeah, days? it was actually. I mean, it probably wasn't as funded as it was now. <laughs> um, but, yeah, it was a good school. Um, and, you know, I probably, you know, academically was always okay. Um, oh, that's good. Um, you know, I, I probably, Did you enjoy it? Or I, were, yeah, yeah, was, you were, were you into sport, sport and I stuff? Liked, I liked going, uh, playing sport. I did. I, I played every type of sport known, man to, <laughs> known to mankind. I probably wanted to be a sports person, but I was never any good at any well, sport. Well, I have to address the <laughs> elephant in the room, which Tony um, uh, Cavallaro was talking yes. about yesterday, that you're not a Bulldog supporter. How did that even happen? Oh, I've probably got my cousin to blame. When I, when I was old enough to pick a team, Richmond was uh, was was doing really well. Right. And, you know, I love the yellow and black um, and, and Footscray wasn't very good. And, you know, much to my um, And also sometimes dream. when you're growing up, you just want to do something <laughs> yep. different and not. Yep. So well, my family so were very, Footscray supporters. And so I, you decided I to do something. my cousin and we were ba- we buried for the yellow and black. Um, <laughs> Making and, fun on, on you know, and, and footy days. The irony is that <laughs> then we had 37 years of torture before we won our premiership again. Um, but that was well, good. that's all right. Bull- Bulldogs <laughs> isn't far behind you. Yeah, correct, <laughs> correct, correct. Okay, so um, you, what did you do when you finished school? Did you go off to uni? I'm guessing yeah, so if you did to, accounting. Went, yeah, correct. I went to uni. I did a business course because I, I, I don't know if I always wanted to be an accountant, but I always wanted to run a business and be sort of like a business owner a business or person. management. I, I didn't know what I wanted when I was I – mean, I think I, I watched Indiana Jones and wanted to be an archaeologist. Um, <laughs> and all, all I think spiders. I was with you on that one too. <laughs> yeah. and, um, you know, um, but, yeah, I ended up wanting to run a business and when I got a job here as a graduate, I, um, I thought it was a great so opportunity. So where were you at school? Were you at school at Footscray? Uh, yeah, so, so basically Altona North. It was Footscray. Um, University of Technology or no, something, I wasn't it? I actually got into RMIT. Okay. Um, and um, from there I did a business management course, whatever yeah. that does, whatever that gets you. And More than a media studies course, which yeah. is what I did. And, and I did some accounting <laughs> subjects. And, you know, when I finished, I could have got into potentially marketing or economics or and, – and this was coming out of the recession that we had to have. Uh, for those right. who had to remember. Yeah, it and makes there sense. there a lot of jobs around. Um, and it's funny, I, I had – Three interviews when I finished my uni degree. Yeah, um, I applied for so many different companies and so forth, but I landed three interviews, and 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 I remember each all three of them. One was with a, a, a city firm called Picture Partners. Oh yes, who, that who, little tiny company yeah, that no one's heard of. <laughs> who we use extensively, <laughs> right? Um, the other was with um, the Department of Treasury, um, wow. so I could have been a really high paid public servant. 
that would have been good. <laughs> um, um, and and then and then one was with this firm um, that I had no idea about until um, I actually had the interview here, and I didn't realise the history and how big it was, and and what a massive impact it had in the area until I actually had an interview here um, back in um, back in the in the nineties, yeah. Um, well, tell me a little bit about the history of the firm. What, what was it that blew you away? And then we'll keep going with your career, yeah, but well, I'm interested to know um, what sort of history. Tell us about Collins & Co. So, the, again, the firm started back in 1954. There was a, there was a gentleman called uh, Mr. Les Collins, yeah. um, Leslie W. Collins. So the firm was actually initially called um, Leslie W. Collins & Associates. Okay. Um, and, you know, um, Les was a very charismatic man Um and back then, like manufacturing industry in Footscray was quite large. Now it's not right. Like that that kind of makes sense. Back, I didn't realize back that. Then. But yeah. So we had lots and lots and lots of clients that are generations from that whole manufacturing um, sort of era in in, in the fifties. Oh, isn't that beautiful? That have sort of then passed down generations. Um, and a lot of the manufacturing has moved out since. But and our clients have um, subsequently moved out in terms of. They're no longer in Footscray, but they're still our clients generations later. That's beautiful. And as the firm grew, Mr. Collins brought on two partners, one of them being Norm Framstead and the other one being Ian West, yeah. who is father of um, Footscray legend Scott West. Right. Um, and, and then from there, there were three partners, and then it grew again when Mr. Collins decided to um, sell his business down to four more partners, um, which was Ivan, uh, Michael, um, Daryl and Steve, um, and Michael was the one who interviewed me with Ian West. So there's what one owner and six partners at that so, stage. Yeah, at that stage, there was basically so Mr. Collins. And how many staff? Still, I mean, was it quite um, big, or does everyone who arrived becomes a partner? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, I would like that to happen. That would be really good because I'm a really firm believer in helping out sort of young accountants oh, in the area. Fantastic. The ethos of, of our business has always been developing people. Okay. And whether that's clients or whether that's staff, that's what we've always believed in. And you know, we've been lucky enough. I mean, I, I, I saw a career path here, that, that's for sure, as did um, a, a couple of upstarts that started with me back then too that, that, that actually you know, I've, I've shared the journey with. And that's, that's my fellow business partners and that's Paul um, and Frank who, who both came through the system with me. So the three of us. Oh, of so you've all sort of with, started in the same yeah, we all started a couple of years. Yep, yep. Um, and, you know, varying lengths of hair. Um, and, <laughs> and then watched, I guess, the senior partners yeah, retire. And as, and as the senior partners retired, all three of us got an opportunity and then um, um, to come into the business, which was awesome. Mm-hmm. And then more recently, um, um, Alicia's joined us as a partner too. So that, that's been exciting. Great. Love to have a woman in the group as well. She started much later. She started in 2001. Right. <laughs> um, so not quite the 90s, though. No, but she's she still been here so for did, a fair yeah, stint. Did, exactly, exactly. And um, so at the moment we are, we're basically uh, six partners again. Right. Um, and it's just a different demographic. Um, um, Ivan's probably the, the last partner from the from the pre from from the eighties, I should say. I, I'm re- um, really interested because I've only uh, lived in the area for twenty years. Well, it kind of is, and then it isn't when I speak to someone like you. So, how have you seen it change over the years? Well, I mean, so you've had your manufacturing clients, yeah. and obviously their kids and their kids. Yeah. So, and that will bring you into a whole lot of industries. But um, and I suppose over the years, you know, 
as more partners came on, they came from different areas, not exactly Footscray, but, you know, relatively local. And they had a network of people they brought into the firm and so forth. And at some stage, we had basically all the partners spread around most of Melbourne or greater Melbourne, even Geelong. And, and from there, the firm grew. Oh, is there, um, are there other offices in? No, okay. no, it's just us, um, which is which is amazing, pretty cool. Um, but what was it? The, yeah. I, I guess having been bought and grown up in this, uh, been bought, been born and grow, grown up in this area, how has it changed? Because oh. there's a great guy I was speaking to in the last podcast um, series that I did for How the West is Number One, Callum. Oh, his name escapes me. And um, Callum was saying that he'd grown up in Kingsville and that there were no kids. And when he was growing up, he had to knock on doors and say, would somebody come and kick a ball with me? And I was like, oh, my God, there's so many now. Yeah. So how have you seen it change as, oh, from a kid look, to think, now? Oh, it's actually been amazing. I, I remember Footscray in the heydays. And it What's was the like heydays this, for you? The heydays you? was, well, for me, it was the 80s anyway. <laughs> when I was a kid in the 80s um, and you'd go to Footscray and Forges was like the centre of town. Oh, my God, yes, Forges, Forges, I forgot. Was, um, and, and there was there was a Coles New World, for those of you who remember, and there was even a, like a, a, a it was a Woolworths. I don't know. It wasn't called Big W, but there's a big Woolworths. Oh, this is on Barclay um, Street. Yep, yep, on on Paisley Street and uh, and Nicholson Street with the Mollies. Right. So, um, um, so yeah. So Footscray was this this shopping mecca, and you go there on a Friday night. It was late night shopping, and it was just this um, family thing to do. Um, right. And, and and so yeah, it was this it was this amazing place of so many different. Offerings and it was it was just completely different. Then I, I think what happened and, and and you know if I can be honest, I've been part of the Footscray Traders Association for the last uh, fifteen years. Yeah. Um, and High Point Shopping Centre wasn't a thing back then. People didn't go to High Point, and High Point grew and grew and grew. And it probably when, when did it really in, take off? Do you in think the, in the nineties, two thousands, High Point really became a massive, massive conglomerate. It probably took away a lot from Footscray. Well, I remember moving here in 2001 and the agent saying, uh, you're 10 minutes away from High Point. And mm. I remember thinking, what's High Point? I've never even <laughs> well, heard of it. You know, it's a and then I went yeah. down there because I'd grown up in the eastern suburbs and seen Chadston and sort of seen how big that was and thought, oh, it's all very cute and small. Let's see what happens. And, of course, over the last 20 years now it's just grown yeah, and grown it's, and grown. It's, it's grown. And- but, it, but in those days you're saying – no one really ever went there either. No, but then it started from there. And I, I think a lot of the big franchises would go to Hypert and, you know, we had Target and we had a few other franchises. So and thought, cinemas. And, and, yeah, and cinemas. Because oh, that, yeah. that would yeah. get you there. Yeah. I, I, again, I, I watched one of my first movies, Indiana Jones. Oh, my, <laughs> and, that's my all-time favourite movie. Yep. At, at, down the road at, um, um, oh, Jeepers, it wasn't La Scala. It was, uh, uh, oh, was it called Fiesta? What was it called? Um just here on Paisley Street anyway. Um, oh, wow, there was um, a cinema here. Yeah, there was a cinema on oh. Paisley Street. Um, and hopefully they build on the old Forges building and build the cinemas again because it was, it was a great mecca. Um, yeah. And, you know, Footscray was this really buzzing place. I think the recession hit it in the 90s pretty hard. Um, and, yeah. And then it, it then kind of started changing. But, but I suppose all these years later, I think it's coming back again. Um, oh my God, I have no, I tell you, this why? is how I know that this side of town is suddenly taking off. So when I first moved over here from St Kilda, everyone would say, Footscray, why would you go over there? Or Yarraville, <laughs> I've never even heard of it. Yeah, yeah. Doesn't it just have all that smell, smell that comes over <laughs> from the refineries? And I'd go, no, I don't think so. And then um, about, 
Must have been 10 years later, so I'm guessing this is around 2010. I went to a cocktail party in Turak. <laughs> Don't ask me why. But as we were coming out with very, very wealthy people, we were all standing on the footpath waiting for taxis and people were talking about sharing them. Yeah. And they said to me, where do you live? And I said, no, no, I'm in Yarraville. I'm over the other side. And they all without fail went, oh, my God, that's so cool. You're so lucky. And I thought, haven't things changed that now people in Turak are jealous of me? <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, you know, I mean, one, one, of, one of the proudest moments um, uh, for me as, as a Footscray eye. Yeah. If they, I don't know whether it's a Footscrayola. Footscrayese. Footscrayian. Footscrayian. That's kind of. I think Footscray probably. Um, but um, one, of the, one of the proudest moments for me when I. Got on a plane once, and and Footscray was named the thirteenth coolest place in the world. In the in world or in Australia? No, in the world, the thirteenth. So time out. When was that? Um, it was two thousand and seventeen. Yeah. So I okay. A, and and I, knew, I knew about me. the time out article and so forth, and I thought, well, who's who's ever paying attention to this? No one really knows, and I kindly remind. Anyone I interview, okay, you know this is like the third and fourth places in the world to be. According um, to Time Out, which <laughs> Time I know is And huge. it was probably about 2017, 2018. Um, and, again, I was pretty proud that when that happened. But the proudest moment yeah. was once I got on a plane and they were flying to Melbourne and they were advertising the fact that this plane was flying to Melbourne. And in the magazine, it featured Footscray, the 13th coolest place in the world, and I'm going – have a look at this. This and is I, I, I can't tell you how gold. many of those magazines I stole. <laughs> oh, sorry, I took off the plane. Um, <laughs> but my, my luggage was very, very heavy. But, you know, again, like, you know, third F course place in the world. That's so, pretty awesome, um, isn't it? Um, uh, based on so talk to me about some more of the changes that you've seen over, uh, over the years look, as well. You know, again, um, growing up and when I first worked here, the idea of having a bar in Footscray was kind of like, what? Oh, really? Um, there wasn't sort there of wasn't pubs? I would have thought, there wasn't a wine you know, working class areas, they normally have pubs oh, on every oh, corner. Plenty of pubs, plenty of pubs, but probably- But no bars. But okay. no bars. And and the pubs were the old traditional, you know, six o'clock swirl, TAB type, yeah. which, which are good on a Saturday Walk in and the whole bar turns and stares yeah. at you and goes, who's the stranger? <laughs> yeah. oh, you know, I used to love going to the Buck Buckingham at lunchtime and uh, and getting our $3 um, steak sandwich <laughs> and chips because uh, it was their lunch Those special. Those apartments. But- but you know the, the whole bar scene's changed, and there's a nightlife here, and and the restaurants in Footscray are awesome. Aren't they, they are amazing? Second to none. Um, we did this thing many years ago with the Footscray Traders Association. It was like a progressive dinner called the Rickshaw Run, right? Where we'd take um, sounds from the sounds other side dodgy, of <laughs> <laughs> not quite. It was part of the Food and Wine Festival, and we basically got people on a rickshaw. Um, um, we bought some rickshaws through the Footscray Traders Association, and we. We, we drove or rode or, you know, carried people around on these rickshaws um, um, to five different restaurants and they'd have five different courses. And oh, you know, people fantastic would come to idea. for the first time and they'd go, how cool is this place? How nice is the food? Um, and, you know, authentic, you know, um, the, and the cuisine, again, was – very Vietnamese, but it's evolved. There's African, there's Indian, there's oh, now there's, there's French, Afghanistani, and <laughs> um, French, every kind you um, want. You know, not not to mention, you know, the, the uh, best cannolis in the world at, at, at Cavallaro's. <laughs> listen, <laughs> listen to the other episode if you want to hear that story. <laughs> so you know, it, it's it's actually you know, it, it, look as a as a foodie. And and I'm not a foodie, but my sister is very much a foodie. How can you not be? How can you not be a foodie <laughs> oh, now? No. I, I I just eat food. And, Are you a drinker? I love it. You no, like I, your I drinks? Love food. I, I, but I'm not, I wouldn't call myself a foodie. I'm not a sophisticated 
um, connoisseur of food. I just love food and I eat a lot of it. Um, if they if they gave, I me think that, that makes you qualify yeah, as a yeah. connoisseur. Well, you know, if 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 um, eating food was an Olympic sport, I'd win a gold medal all the time. So, you know, I love food from that point of view. But you know, the whole the whole cuisines and all the different cuisines. I mean, Footscray is amazing, and you know, one of the things that you know, some of our staff that probably don't come to Footscray before they started working here were amazed with the different variety of restaurants and so forth that are here. You just can't get anywhere else. No, and I, I had a friend who lived here when I was 17 at uni, so 10 year, 20 years before I moved here, and I remember her saying I lived in Footscray and I was like, where even is that? And driving <laughs> over, and I used to come up Spencer Street, and I remember thinking, Oh my God, Footscray is pretty much on Spencer Street yeah, because Dinan yeah, Road was yeah, so fast. Yeah, correct. And I, I don't correct. think, I, I just remember saying to people, do you realize how close it is? And That's even right. when we moved over here, people think you're in the West, it's miles away. It's closer than St Kilda and it's closer than Paran and those sorts of things to the city. Yeah. I, I actually said to someone in Hawthorne, I go, do you realize that Footscray's three suburbs away? You've basically got, um, um, you've basically got uh, Richmond, the city. West Footscray, so mm. West, West, West Melbourne, and then Footscray. Yeah, um, and so basically, you know, it's three suburbs away from Hawthorne. Um, but and yet we've know, got so much access to the beach at Willie and all the rest correct, of it. It's fantastic. Anyway, I mean, obviously, you know, I, I might be a little bit biased. I grew up here, but but you know, it is a really cool electric place. There's no place like it um, in Melbourne for sure. No, in um, Australia, I would say. Yeah, um, and the, one, the only one that I think is. Almost close as Richmond, but Richmond is is smaller. Yeah, you know the blocks are smaller. Yeah. It's yeah. much more compact. Yeah. yeah. Um. But anyway, so let's keep talking about Fab. I want to know, um, for the time that you've been working at Collins and Co, what are you most proud of? Other than obviously jumping on the plane and seeing that we're the thirteenth <laughs> most, which is pretty cool. But there must have been real highs and lows in running this business. Oh, So I'm interested to know what you're proud of and then I want you to think about clients you've worked with and tell me um, what what sort of things you'd say to anyone who was thinking about starting up a business here. But let's start first with... (laughs) What yeah, you're most look, proud of. I think you know overall, like as a firm, probably the one of the one of the the the, the, the most oh, the greatest thing that we're proud of is that you know we're able to help clients with their small business, small and our client base is all small and medium sized businesses. Yeah, fantastic. And you know they range in style, they range in size. You know, the, you know, like the clients that turning up turning over, and this, this is not profit, but no. for, for the non accountants, you know, <laughs> turning over two million dollars. Um, and then we've got clients that are turning over $100 million. And, again, I stress that yeah, too, right. not profit. Right? Um, um, and, and so, you know, helping and seeing those clients grow. And fly. And re- reach their – so from when they start their business and, re- re- you know, achieving their goals, whatever they are. And everyone's got different goals. Of course. And, you know, growing their business or – I mean, I, I think everyone – Everyone talks about growth and everything else, but really what everyone wants is happiness. Like, I mean, that, that might sound a little bit non-financial. No, it's true. But, but everyone wants happiness. <laughs> it's it's and refreshing. And how do you achieve happiness? And, and, you know, we always talk about, well, you know, there's, there's, there's turnover and profitability, and, and, and turnover is vanity and profitability is sanity. 
So, oh, I like that. Yeah, turnover is energy, profitability is energy. I like it. But when you're talking about growing your business, really, what you want to do is you actually want to grow your profit, your profit, and you actually want to then take that profit to achieve your goals, whatever they are. Whether it's whether it's you know affording private school, um, school for your kids, whether it's actually you know setting up your retirement, whatever it is, and you know just working with all different size businesses mm, mm. and helping them achieve that that profit. And that's why I made the point about. The, the size of our clients based on turnover. I mean, turnover is just a number. Um, it is, and and I mean that you know there'd be people earning two hundred and fifty or five hundred thousand that are probably making more profit than somebody <laughs> earning two million. Especially if you're in manufacturing and some of those things, because they're very very high costs. And and yeah, and and, and in a lot of time, you know, you might be turning over ten million dollars and not making a cent. I mean, and that's kind of where you know. The, the, so the proudest thing is actually helping those clients into you know adjusting their businesses and, and some of them have, have you know we've put them in a position where they've sold their business to public listed companies and so forth and oh you know, wow and, fantastic know, yeah and it's 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 been a journey and, and enjoying that journey and and showing that appreciation and, and and yeah it's been great it's just helping people and that's probably why i got into accounting but you know i, I think that's something that's really lovely about this area though and i don't know you know we were talking about all the great things in the area, but one of them that is amazing is the sense of community and the number of people that want to give back to the community. I think that really shone in the pandemic Yeah, where you started. I mean, certainly in Kingsville, we had people baking bread and offering it to other people who couldn't get out and, you know, running around and doing shopping for people and all that sort of thing I thought was just, it was gorgeous. We, I felt very much like we were all in it together. hundred percent. Which I think was. And I think, I think again, um, Getting through the pandemic was, you know, <laughs> at the start, you know, probably one of the, you know, certainly scariest things when, when it first started. And you look back now and go, oh, well, you know, it was nothing. <laughs> but at the time when we didn't know what it was. and It was like the end of the world. I mean, who knew like what was going to happen? And it felt like that a lot of people were going to go broke. Mm. And, you know, I mean, you know, we took it on, upon ourselves to try and help everyone we can. Yeah. Um, to do whatever they needed to get through it. Um, and, you know, in the end, you know, I, I think that's fair to say there was enough government stimulus to get most people through it. Now, unfortunately, some people didn't get through it, and that's actually really sad. It is. Um, but a lot of people did get through it, which is which is good. And, and you know, here we are hopefully rebuilding from there. Um, but at the start of the pandemic, oh, goodness, wasn't, wasn't, wasn't that some fun? Uh, oh, my you, goodness. Uh, <laughs> it was very hard to believe. And, in fact, I remember a journalist was talking to me um, I think it was about three or four, three, maybe two or three months into the lockdown when none of us knew how long it was going to last no. but assumed it would end soon. No. And I remember saying to her, you know, so many people are just devastated and feel like their business is going to end. And she yep. said, but, Jules, you have to hit the bottom before you can push up. Yeah. And I absolutely love wow. that wow. Um, expression now that, <laughs> you know, if you do if you do feel like you're on the bare bones and everything's bad, then you've now got even more impetus to you know, push up from the bottom and burst through the top. And, and you know, at the end, it made a lot of people look at their businesses and what was important to them. And, mm. you know. Um, Profoundly. Yeah. Um, and what was worthwhile and what wasn't, and what was what was important. And, you know, um, going out and, 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 and getting that, you know, additional piece of equipment and getting more into debt or whatever, did you really need to do that? Well, I was going to say, um, what what have you seen has um, happened during that time? Because it did affect a lot of people, especially in terms of their purpose 
Correct. You know, like I don't want to Correct. just get out of work and I just don't want to go to work to earn money anymore. I want Correct. to make a difference somehow. Correct. And and it's about, you know, your business goals and your personal goals. And a lot of people don't actually really sit there and think about it. They just do. Yeah. Um, and, you know, ask me why I'm an accountant. I, I don't know. I just fell into it in a funny sense. But, you know, if you, you sit back and reflect, it's like, well, what's important in your personal life and what's important in your business life? And the two have to align. Yeah. And a lot of people are chasing this dream that, you know, maybe – um, um, if I grow the business, if I grow the business, I'm going going to be happy. And it's like, well, no, take a step back. What do you want to achieve? Yes, and then work from there. And and, and, and the know, other thing I do think I need is to work that extra extra, you know, eight days a week. I, I was, cut it back to five days a week. That's exactly you know, what I was going to say. Have I a think. weekend off. Is that going to make much of a difference to your life? And there's balance in life. Yes, yeah. and I think for a lot of people, they were running on that hamster wheel and thinking, if yep. I run faster, then I'll make more yep. money. Yep. And f- and forgetting, which yep. the pandemic allowed us all to do, that there is actually life outside of work that Correct. actually should be more important than, Correct. or at least as important as your it, job. Ab- absolutely, absolutely. So uh, this um, podcast is for small business owners. Awesome. So I would love you to give so I'm just going to put you on the spot That's now. Right. Some tips um, to small business owners in, in the area, if they're thinking about setting up a business, what would you say to them? I, I say have a plan, okay? Okay. Um, really think about what you want to achieve. I can't tell you how many people have come to me and said, hey, I want to <laughs> start a business um, because I want more time to myself. Um, <laughs> right. And you know, okay. what? You good, good luck to you. One day, Open a library. There's probably, there is probably um, you know, some some people are working a nine to five job and, and and don't find that satisfying or for whatever reason, yep. um, and decide, okay, I'm going to start up a cafe. I'm going to start up a restaurant. Um, I'm going to uh, have this great idea. I want to start a business, and I say that's awesome, but do it for the right reasons. Have a plan. Be realistic about what you can achieve. If you start a business, and the failure rate in small business is it's, quite high. It is well, the stat I use is ninety-seven percent fail wow. within three years. Well, wow, yeah, I believe yep. it might not yep. be exactly yep. that, but but it's it's pretty high. It's, whatever it's, it is, it's way up it's, there. It's it's pretty high because you know you've got to think through what you want to um, achieve and how long you want to give yourself. You need to just be realistic. About and how, how are you going to get there? Because yep. I think. For a lot of small business owners, and I've been working with startups for the last 25 years now, and one of the things that I see is I'm great at hairdressing or I love this mm-hmm. pastry making yep. or, um, yep. you know, whatever. Yep. So or everyone loves all my cooking, so I'm going to start a business, forgetting that you're also going to have to be the accountant, <laughs> you're going to have to be the marketing manager, yep. you're going to have to be, you know, all these other additional roles. So you, it's for a lot of people, particularly if they come out of corporate, it's a wild ride for them because yeah. they're not used to having responsibility Correct. across such a big spectrum. And, and I, I think the starting point when you're looking at a business and in going into a business is, you know, at least make your wage, right? Yes. So break even is making your wage mm-hmm. and make sure that your business can sustain that or get to the point where in, in hopefully in the first year you're making yourself a wage. Then from there, for all the effort and everything else, um, hopefully then you can actually turn your business idea into in, into a profitable business. Yeah, factoring in your 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 blood, sweat, and tears, um, because a, a lot of people, um, and again, like uh, you know, everyone's different. Everyone, everyone of course, just happy um, if they're making their wage and they're working for themselves, they're happy, and that, that's fine. And but know that going into it, don't expect that you're going to be able to, um, you know, buy ten houses or or <laughs> et cetera, et cetera. If if that's the case, so. 
So it's about just being realistic, setting some goals, and trying to achieve them. Um, um, and 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 yeah, really, you know, the numbers matter. I know so the, the numbers. They do. do. <laughs> they really do. Familiarize yourself. Do it some kind of a course or get yourself yep. a great accountant um, like you guys. Yep. yep. Because you'll be way out of your debt really fast. Yep. You know exactly. And I, you know, I see I see a lot of people coming to me with franchise ideas and so forth, and and or want to buy in on a franchise, and you know they're not cheap. No. And 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 really, um, you know, I say, what's your return on your investment? You know, you're spending five hundred thousand dollars, and and and, and they and go, what does ROI mean? Yeah, well, you see, you're spending five hundred thousand dollars, you're going to make, oh, I'm going to make ten percent. Okay, you're making fifty thousand dollars. Okay, that's good. What about for your time and effort and wage? Oh, okay. Well, so really, you're buying simple wage. Um, but yeah, that's that's really. I but mean, it depends yeah. if you're pa- if if it's your passion Correct. and you and you love it, Correct. then you're three quarters of the Correct. way there. If you've got young kids, which is yep. a, the reason a lot of women anyway set up businesses, 100%. is to be able to do those schools. 100%. So if it gives you the lifestyle you want, exactly right. And um, it's all about your personal goals and making sure they align. But it's also making sure you have a really good accountant. Yeah. Let's yeah. be honest. I mean, I know this this is not an ad for you, but I having been a business owner myself for 30 years, I'm telling you, a good accountant makes all the difference. You know, I'd like to think that, you know, our profession has a certain skill set that can help. Um, and, you know. Well, every- if you find nice people, because <laughs> yeah. there's a lot of accountants who aren't yeah. particularly, yeah. you know. And, you know, everything in, in the accounting world is starting a business is cost benefit. You look at the cost, you look at the benefit and go, yeah, that's a good idea. Um, that's how accountants think. CBA. Cost benefit analysis, right? Um, and and you know that's how we think. But yeah, again, that's the the quantitative stuff. But then there's the qualitative things that you need to factor in, which are the joy that you'll get. That's from, exactly right. I mean, I, I interviewed um, Mama West, which is going to be part of this series, Sheridan Rose Shaw, the other day, and she was just talking about the excitement. She only opened her business in in September awesome. last year, and the excitement she said of looking at her first week's earnings because she was paid in cash and she'd just been shoving it all in a drawer not thinking about it. And she said, and I took it out and I realised it was double my wage, you know, (laughs) and she just said that excitement. And I thought there's nothing that beats that for anyone, you know, that that you've managed to do it yourself is, you know, really, really important. Well, Fab, this has just been Fabulous. Thanks, <laughs> What can I say? <laughs> Pleasure. Um, Pleasure. Now tell everybody how to get hold of you again. Is there a website where people can um, yeah, go and um, book in or yeah. do they call you or um, what's the best yes, way? Uh, www.collinsco.com.au. Um, that's our website and, you know, um, you can call, you can Google us, whatever. Um, um, you're, yeah, our number's there. Um, you can call and, and away we go. Fantastic. And I would have to say, you know, this is an iconic business. It's been around for a long, long time and uh, these people really know this area. So you'd be in very safe hands if you uh, came to Collins & Co. I would think. Thanks. don't want to do an ad for you, but, you know, <laughs> so that's you my impression. Um, and so thank you very much. Thank you, Jules. I hope you enjoyed this interview. You can find all our guests on the Maribyrnong Localised website, which is a free resource where you can share your business and what you do. I hope to see you on there.